OMG What a Complete Education with Emer McLeisted and Sarah Breen is brought to you by Education and Training Boards Ireland, the national representative body for the education and training boards across the country that deliver education, training and youth work in all corners of Ireland. Whatever path you want to take in life, you'll find the way through further education and training and you'll find it right on your doorstep. Welcome back to OMG What a Complete Education. I'm Emer McLeisett. And I'm Sarah Breen. And we are the co-authors of the OMG What a Complete Ashling series of books. Um, this episode, we're talking not so much to learners in further education, but people who are involved in kind of providing services and supporting communities and making connections. Yes, we're switching gears somewhat. <laughs> yeah. um, the first guest that we're speaking to is Michelle Morrissey, who is an adult education guidance counsellor at the City of Dublin ETB. And if you've listened to any other episodes of the series, you'll know the, how important guidance counsellors are. Um, they are usually the first port of call for anyone who is taking that step to get back into further education and training. Yeah, and she's really important in kind of telling people which pads are available available to them and also being a kind of a listening ear to people who are nervous or feeling very unsure of themselves going in to something that can be quite daunting. Yeah, that's she she mentions in her story that that's very common feeling and and her advice is always impartial. She's there to support the individual. Yeah. She doesn't have any kind of agenda. She's not trying to get you into any specific course. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be talking to Dave Carr and Dave is kind of I guess, a boots on the ground kind of guy. He works with Fatima Groups United, which is a community group in the D Dublin 8 area, which provides kind of classes in gardening and music and arts and drama. Yoga. Yeah, and Dave has been facilitating kind of music classes in collaboration with City of Dublin ETB. And he knows a lot about kind of the power of connection and using people's experiences to write songs and to, you know, bring performances together. Um, but first of all, we're going to hear from Michelle Morrissey. So we're thrilled to be joined now by Michelle Morrissey. And Michelle actually isn't a learner, but she is an adult education guidance counsellor and she works with the City of Dublin Education and Training Board. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Until I learned about your role or until I learned more about the ETBs, I don't think I realised that a guidance counsellor really existed outside of secondary schools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about what you do? Yeah, so uh, my role is basically to uh, help adults in the community that I cover. So the area that I work in is the Dublin North Central area, which is a huge uh, population um, covering Ballymun, Coolock, Kilbarrick, all the way over to the coast in Darndale, all, all sorts of uh, neighbourhoods covered by our area. And so anyone, any adult living in the catchment area that we cover then can access our service. And I suppose I should mention that our service has two aspects. So we have an information service, which is purely if you have a question about where can I find a course or do you have information on the SUSE grant or something like that. Then we have what we call the guidance service part, which is, um, I suppose, a bit more uh, client centred and um, essentially is available to adults who want to explore their education training options. So if you're thinking about going back or you want to go back or you're not sure what you want to do, you can come and have a free and confidential meeting with me, a qualified guidance counsellor who will assist you in making the best decision for yourself. So it's not about me deciding for you, off you go and do this course. It's mm -hmm. about me helping you to understand and explore the options that are out there to you, what supports might be available, what might be an appropriate next step for you to consider. It's really empowering clients to be able to make the best decision for themselves 
and not to have to make that decision alone um, because it is important that we have support when thinking about going back to education. It's a big step for most people, especially a mature adult who's been out for a long time. Mm. can be a very daunting step to take alone. Um, so, yeah, we're here to help them kind of on that journey. So essentially, the, 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 the values under on, which underpin the service, I think, are really important to mention. Like I said, it's a free service, first and foremost. So an adult come in, have a couple of sessions. You know, normally it's uh, determined between the counsellor and, and the client how many sessions, because for some people it's a very quick um, mm-hmm. fix, maybe a session or two and off they go. They know exactly what they're doing. For other people, it could be a much more complicated process to get there. So um, we, we, we work individually with each client and, and kind of figure out things together. The second thing I think that's important to say is that it's a confidential service. So our service is, you know, a safe space for anyone to come and ask questions. A lot of my clients may have a fear of authority, a fear of disclosing their worries about social welfare or their readiness to take up employment. So again, it's a place where we can talk about those things in a very um, safe space. Um, The other thing I think it's important to say is we're an impartial service. So even though I'm based in the City of Dublin Education Training Board, my job is not necessarily to recruit for the CDETB. My, mm-hmm. my job is to help an adult understand their options, which may include CDETB options, but also university and other um, avenues to, to, to get to their goal. Um, so, yeah, that's essentially kind of, I suppose, how we operate. I think um, something that I've learned definitely in learning about further education in Ireland mm-hmm. is it's not just about, you know, doing an academic course or doing a PLC, although they are, you know, absolutely very viable options. Yeah. But there's a, things like, I think, community employment and there's youth reach and there's groups that aren't necessarily academic. I also think there are something like 22,000 FET courses across Ireland. Could that be right? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it how, depends on how you count them, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Um, like, for example, in the centre that I work in, so I'm based in an adult education service and we offer classes in our centre in Ballymun at QQI kind of levels up to three and four, which is equivalent to junior leaving cert standard of education. Most of the classes that happen in our centre are part-time individual modules that people take. So they're not, you know, they're not committing to a full time major award that they're working on. For a lot of people who use our centre, it's um, it's maybe a first step for them to have life skills where they can, you know, use their phone to to pay their bills or, um, you know, contact their family overseas or, you know, so it's, it's digital literacy, it's literacy education. But there's obviously a social and community kind of aspect to that. Um, our, we also have then what, commun- what we call community education classes in our centre. So things like um, this year we're starting some new ones like drama for over 55s or, you know, how to Fun. fix your bike. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm like over 55s. I'm under 55 <laughs> and I want to do this. But no, um, you know, it's really trying to respond to the needs of the community that are around you and provide avenues into education. And not, like you said, not necessarily because you want to go on an academic journey, but because you have other needs and and the guidance service, I suppose it's a holistic approach. So it's a whole person approach. So what's going on for you right now? So for some people say, I would do a lot of clients maybe have mental health uh, issues that they're managing. And Mm -hmm. for them, taking a first step of attending a computer class once a week is massive. Mm. So the idea of doing a full time PLC course is just way far down the road for them. So a first step might be a gardening class or just something to get them out, meeting people into a routine 
Um, and, and like that's one example of a course. So yeah, when you say 22,000, I could well <laughs> believe it yeah. um, because there's so much going on in FET. And do you have to know the ins and outs of all these courses? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, as I say to everybody, it's impo- <laughs> and all of my clients, I say it's impossible to know everything, but I know how to find out what I need to know. Mm. That's the most important skill, I would say. A lot of the people, a lot of the learners yes. we've spoken to this week have said their first port of call or their first step towards further education yeah. was picking up the phone. Yeah. Are you the person on the other end of the phone typically? Typically, our information officer would be that person um, or the admin main reception office and they'll direct someone to the guidance service. We also get a lot of referrals from our community network. So if you're attending, for example, a mental health uh, service in the community, we would have relationships with occupational therapy who would know that they could refer the person to us. So, yeah, picking up the phone is one or dropping into the centre or finding us online. You know, the, the, the methods by which people even do make that first contact are changing. You know, word of mouth or Twitter, Facebook, all these social media ways. People come now in lots of different ways to, mm-hmm. to access our service. And it is really important that that first step is welcoming and friendly and inviting and encouraging. And, and we'd certainly strive for that in our centre to create a very warm and welcoming environment to anyone who comes through the door mm. and um, yeah just treat people with respect you know um, a lot of people's experience of education has also been a negative one so it can be really really terrifying uh, you know that's not to overstate it yeah. it can be really terrifying for anybody to take that first step yeah, it so takes a lot of courage it does and yeah. once they've taken the first step and they've mm-hmm. spoken to the information officer is there a long wait to speak to a guidance counsellor because I would imagine that your services are very much in demand yes we are very much in demand now again it depends on the area so I can only speak from the, the services that I the service that I work in and maybe the area around the city of Dublin that mm-hmm. we cover um, but absolutely I would say there is um, a huge demand out there and the, the services would be great to have more guidance counsellors and information officers to be able to uh, support learners because uh, as you probably know there's huge amounts of information out there mm-hmm. but navigating that information can be so overwhelming. Yeah, it's yeah. daunting. Yeah, and so oftentimes without that one-to-one support people are making the wrong choices and, and not necessarily um, going down the pathway that might be the best one for them. I mean, I know in my service, we tried to see everyone within a week or two, if possible. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, we've had a very, very busy year this year. So there were stages where people were maybe waiting two to three weeks to get an appointment with me. But um, that was, we'll say, at the peak of the business. So normally we'll try and get you in within a week or two. I wonder, did maybe the pandemic have some people rethinking their options? Absolutely. Maybe I'd retrain and... I would say that has probably increased the number of people coming to you. Yeah, we have, I suppose we have lots of different clients now coming that we wouldn't have had before. Maybe people who have high levels of education already. But like you said, the pandemic was a catalyst for them to change their lives. Mm. And now they're not sure, well, what can I do? What am I entitled to? Especially if they have a degree or a higher education already. You know, it can be really difficult to know what what you can and can't access. So you probably see a lot of people every mm, week, Michelle. Yes. Do you have any success stories that, that stand out in your mind? Oh my gosh, I've loads of success stories. I I mean, like I'm in the job, I would say, what is it, 2007 I joined. So it's 15 years now. And in the last 15 years, like we've seen people who, you know, come in with the head down and the hood up and not making eye contact and not having any confidence in themselves. and Just coming in has probably took a lot out of them. Exactly. And and even in their first steps, you know, we've had people who would be um, 
just really, really socially challenged by being back in an educational setting. And, you know, you see the progress, you know, weeks and months later and the hood comes down and the eye contact begins Mm -hmm. and the voice gets louder. And, um, you know, uh, we in Ballymun, we started a, a preparation for college course in 2012, which was like a bridging course at QQI level five. And I mean, we've had learners who, who've come into that with no intention of going to college, mm. but just wanting to do something to, to get their skills kind of up to date. And, you know, one one person in particular I'm thinking of who went on to Trinity and is now studying in her, I would say, final year this year, actually. Wow, for um, Who's, you know, just amazing, like has has done so well. So so there's hundreds of stories that I could tell you. And and like that, it's not always that you end up in Trinity. Like it can be just the, the confidence. I mean, this this guy that I was thinking about with the hood there, like I actually saw him on the street there and I didn't recognise him. He looked like a completely different person. And I know that part of his, a big part of his journey was the centre that we uh, run, that that he came and he, and he was, uh, you know, allowed and encouraged to in- increase his self-esteem, his self-confidence. And, you know, education is empowering. We, we, we know that. We should be shouting that from, from the rooftops. I think one of the really important things that we've learned in talking to all of these people and recording this podcast is that it's a real um, equal opportunity to other types of education, you know, more traditional types of education. Yep. And I probably in the past would have been guilty of being a bit like, you know, we're well, going third level yep. university is what you really want to aim for. Absolutely. I, that I've really broken down that kind of idea. And I think it's brilliant that all these courses and people are available to people out there and really want to get the word out about it. it. I mean, the number of people who would ring me up and say, I think I want to go back and do my leaving cert. And the first question I would ask somebody is, why do you want to do the leaving cert, first of all? Because Mm -hmm. that's what they think of as when they think of an education, you have to have the leaving cert. And of course, you don't. There's alternative pathways through QQI to have qualifications equal to leaving cert and beyond, you know. So... Um, it is about that narrative that has been sold in the past that this is the only route to success. And actually, I think what FET does is it accommodates many diverse learners. It's very inclusive. Um, I mean, even I'm sitting here thinking like we offer, for example, ESOL education, so English language for spe- English for speakers of other language, I should say, mm-hmm. um, in our centre. So I, I, I've got like highly educated people from all around the world coming into my centre who have degrees and masters and they come in to learn English and then they learn of the guidance service and then they have the opportunity to to understand, well, what does my qualification mean in this country and how can I access the profession perhaps that I'm trained for at home? And just the the relief in their face, you see this, oh, I don't have to do this on my own. Someone's going to help me understand this, you know. Before we started recording, Michelle, you were talking about how much you love your job. Yes, I do. What do you love about it? Um, I mean, when I came, so I moved to Dublin in 2007 for a year to do my master's in Trinity, actually, in guidance counselling with no intention of staying. And my intention was to go back uh, to Cork, where I'm from. I can't believe I haven't mentioned that already. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's taken me this long. Um, you got it in there. Well I done. I got it in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... You know, I started as a guidance information officer and like that, applying for the job, didn't even really, never heard of the service before, didn't know it existed, did my research, got the job. And then 
as soon as I started working, I was like, okay, I, I don't think I'm going to go back to Cork just yet. Mm. And yeah, 15 years later, I'm still here. So I think that's that says a lot about um, my commitment to the service. Um, what's not to love about my job? I get to help people um, understand themselves better. I get to help people feel empowered about the choices that are available to them. I get to listen to people who maybe haven't been listened to before. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I just feel very, very lucky and very privileged to to do a job like this. Um, you know, it's cliche to say it, but like you, you do get back way more than you give. You know, it, it's a very challenging job. Don't get me wrong. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're dealing with people's difficulties and their pain that they bring or their upset or whatever it might be. But, you know, through the process of accessing good information and guidance and support, you know, they blossom, they, they build and they, they, they grow Michelle, it's been fascinating talking to you. It's really, I'm really imagining this network of guidance counsellors around the country. I know there's 16 ETBs and you, you represent just one of them. Yeah. Um, but it's really kind of inspiring to know that that knowledge is out there and available to people when they can get to you. Absolutely. So, so thank you so much for joining you're us. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Michelle. Good luck. That was Michelle, someone who is so clearly passionate about her job. If you wanted anybody at the end of the phone, it would be her. Yeah, and I think Michelle would be definitely the right person to kind of list out all of the different options that are available in further education and training. Like we know from recording this podcast that there's apprenticeships, traineeships, you can do post-leaving cert courses. If you're someone who struggled with kind of basics like core literacy and numeracy skills, that's available to you. You can even develop a new passion through like an evening class or you can you can get a qualification in things like whitewater rafting and power boating. Who knew? <laughs> Outdoor education. I'm signing you up for rock, rock climbing. Please don't. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the episode. All the information is there on ETB and the link will be in the show notes. And now we're going to hear from Dave Carr. Now we're joined in studio by Dave Carr from Fatima Groups United. Hello, Dave. How are you? How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. So, Dave, you're here to talk to us today and we're going to all talk together about kind of supporting communities and how further education kind of feeds into that and particularly your experience working with a community group. So, as we said, you've worked with Fatima Groups United, which is a group based in Dublin 8. And can you just tell us a little bit about your experience working there? Um, well, I mean, in a way, uh, to be honest, I was in between jobs and that's how I, uh, I ended up there in the beginning. I had a friend who was working there and um, I went in to ask her advice and uh, I ended up uh, working there for a couple of years and COVID hit. Um, but the, particularly the last year, I really got into it, yeah, as it has to be said. So I would have worked the last year, guitar, songwriting, and I worked quite a bit with people with intellectual disabilities okay. as well. So kind of there's a music group definitely yeah. there that, um, yeah. you know, takes in some of the members of the community who are, in, who are interested in that. Yeah. But but that's just one of lots of stuff that Fatima Groups United does. Oh, like, the, I mean, it, there's two pages really of of loads of different groups. And, and you know, it helped to run yoga and like there's physical groups, there's arts groups. There's just a long, long list, really, of stuff they put on, you know. And can you take us back a bit? How d- how did Fatima Groups United come to be in the first place? Fatima Groups United, it would have come out of, I think, community activism, 
basically, Fatima is a very marginalized community. And because of that, I think they became very savvy politically. And they were also sitting on good land. So they were able to negotiate like a gigantic community building. And then it's like Fatima, there's loads of different groups that eventually came together and formed that. Because there was a big regeneration of the area. Yeah, absolutely. The area is really changing now. It's it's massively, it's mixed. I mean, it's been gentrified. I mean, I know that. But uh, it's still a lot better than it was. You Mm. know, it has to be said. It really has picked up. Yeah. Like you said, Fatima is, you know, quite a marginalised community and has been for decades. Yeah. Um, What kind of people have you seen as kind of a music teacher? We like, there is an important part of things, which is something called social prescribing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it started in, on this island in the north and then in Donegal, which is technically in the north. (laughs) And then in Dublin, Fatima Groups United took it on. What it is, is a lot of people are depressed, feel mental illnesses, things like that. And we would connect it with social isolation. People are mixing with each other. So we would get the remit of putting on things to get people to connect with each other. And so there would be a relationship with some GPs in the area. So supposing your Aunt Molly is down in herself, she'd go to the, the doctor, she'd maybe want to pill, but we'd prescribe this, try this. And... It works, you know, Uh, so that is an awful lot to do with, you know, all those different groups. It's not everyone who's in the group is not coming from that. They're just in the community. Mm -hmm. It's 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 well, everyone's welcome. Um, but that is like, it's backbone now, I think. Yeah. yeah. And without stereotyping, I would say a lot of people in any marginalised community may not have had like a lot of immersion in art, in drama, in music, in, you know, art appreciation. So it's probably the first time some people are having this kind of interaction. There is that, it's mm. true. But I think it's an awful lot to do with the regeneration um, I don't know if people would agree or disagree with me um, in, you know, in the area, but people who grew up in flats, they, there were a lot of good things about it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that had to do with the balconies. So you, everyone had a space that was open, was kind of theirs, but was public at the same kind time. Kind of communal. Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot of my uh, friends who grew up in flat complex, they often talk right across at you yeah. in case and it, that's what that comes from but the regeneration not everyone was in the flat uh, a lot of people were in houses and it's difficult to explain but a lot of people got bit down because mm-hmm. they just found that they retreated into the back room with a, a TV that got bigger and bigger you know so I think a lot of things we do kind of help with that Okay. people out. That said, I mean, we'd we'd cover all of Dublin Eight, Dublin Twelve, like, and really anyone who wants to come. It's not like obviously our backbone are, is Fatima and that area, mm. but there's people from all over really now. And um, so the people who engage in your services and yeah. you know songwriting and music, what kind of changes do you see in them? I see people get, becoming very much more confident, really, mm. and also. Like it, it comes with taking risks. So like the songwriting, I'm particularly proud of that. Mm. Now it was a very small group, but they were really into it. And ultimately, you know, people performed live, 
um, their own song, you know. That, I mean, you when you come through that, you're going to feel pretty good about yeah. yourself. Yeah, it you takes know? a lot of guts. And like, yeah. we're writers and yeah. just anyone who works in anything creative, it's hard to put yourself out there. Yeah. It is, yeah. And I can't imagine, at least what we do, it's usually like by ourselves. I can't yeah. imagine being on a stage and, you know, you have your audience right there yes. or, you know, you recorded a song. So you must see some talent coming through. Yeah, it has to be said, particularly... Um, Particularly that class, I think it's because it's because it involves everything. It involves writing yeah. and performing, and um, the songs were very good. Yeah, put it that way, you know. And really, people really, you know, showed their souls a bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, it was a great open day. We 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 like it evolved really. That I just want to know how how would you write a song, and then I figured if I want to do that, other people will be into that. We hit the graveyard slot, which is Friday afternoon. It's the it's the worst, but we got a few people, yeah, and they really really went for it, you know. And just generally, yeah, I think as well, it's not just the confidence. It is so much to do with people making connections with each other. I think when people have, they have something that they're doing together, they can connect with each other. Whether it it could be just hiking or it could be a, a class, you know, yeah. but it means it's a big icebreaker. You know, and then you know you have a space that you're coming to every week. There's other stuff going on as well, so you start getting curious about yeah. other what are they, what are those people doing? I should just take a chance. There's one lady, and she just said, "I always wanted to do yoga." She's, in, it's, I'd say, you know, into her seventies. Yeah. Like, and I find that very exciting that somebody's kind of, and they come in and there's a buzz, you know, yeah. that, um, you know, I did it. And then they're coming in. They're doing what do I do next? Yes, yeah, we've, yeah, we've does, seen yeah. that again and again, yeah. haven't we? People get a taste for something yeah. and then they're yeah. like, well, I'll try this now. Yeah, exactly. Well, once they bite the first apple, then they're going to keep going, aren't yeah. they, really? You know? And as we've seen with all of the people we've talked to about yeah. further education and training, there's a lot of stepping stones. Yeah. So it could be that lady doing yoga. It could be one of your songwriters writing a song. And who knows where they'll be in three months, six months, yeah. three years. You know, they might stay there and develop a deep love for something or they might go on to even more education in something or yeah, spreading well, what they know, you know, to other people. Well, there was a bit of, with myself, there was a bit of that. Mm. I, I worked with people with intellectual disabilities, um, all, all this through the ETB. Yeah. And I was trying to find a way to connect with them. So I, I, I used to draw just more when I was a kid, really. So I took photographs, I said, and I do portraits, I'll try that. And it worked out really well, like, you know, they loved it. Mm. And then I found I'm not so bad at this. So I've left now and I'm going to, you went to Ballyfermit? Yeah, we did. did. Yeah, it should be Ballyfermit now. And I, I got into their um, illustration. Oh, amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. That's a huge achievement. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, from That's that. From that, that's so. a highly sought after course. That's incredible. Achievement. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, we loved Bali. Have, have you ever attended anything in Bali? No, I, no, I haven't. Um, but I'm very excited yeah, about it. Yeah, we loved you know? it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be just going back to a regular job, but I didn't expect that. I yeah. didn't. Uh, that that grew out of that. So I'm not alone. There's other people who they just suddenly think I can do this. Yeah, you know? they find yeah. their talents, their talent yeah. gets nurtured yeah. and then it's like, okay, yeah. maybe I could parlay this into a career. Let's yeah. see if there's a course available. Yeah. yeah. I think once you're in the system, like system's a bit of a dry word, yeah. but like once you're in there once and you're, you're, up and going. you're meeting the right people, it's, you Yeah, know. I mean, in a way, like something like Ballyfermot would be the same for Fatima Groups United in that half the reason I'm going is I'm around other creative people mm -hmm. whilst... 
I find the portraiture hard to keep up where I, I am at the moment because I don't have a community yeah. that would necessarily support that yeah. particularly. So um, that's half the reason I'm going on to Oh, do you'll that. find that there for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Another also just, you know, kind of how can I, well, different arts, different types of creatives kind of meeting each other, yeah. you know. That I find kind of exciting. And really heavily immersed in doing the work as well, like in talking about it. And I can't wait to do that yeah. now. I'm very excited about it. Oh, really that's am. really yeah. exciting. Yeah. It sounds like Fatima Groups United has been very good to you. Will you always keep one foot in there? You know, will you keep going back? I Well, the thing about it is I'm a member of community anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm part of the Fatima community, uh, their, uh, their Rialto community, should we say. And uh, so I'm in and out anyway, mm-hmm. right? I, I would have been very familiar with the building. I know a lot of my friends in and around there before I joined it even. Mm. So um, I will, I will, of course, yeah. And I just, even if it's just to do yoga every now and again, yeah. it's a chance to catch up with people too, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the point of it, isn't yeah. it? It's about connecting communities yeah. and keeping people together. Well, listen, Dave, thank you so much thank for coming you. in to talk to us. Um, Best of luck in Ballyfermot. Yeah. If, if they have us back to do another guest lecture, maybe we'll see you there. <laughs> maybe Absolutely. You they can, probably won't. You can just march in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for thank coming you. in. Thank, thank you. you. It was great hearing from Dave Carr there and really interesting um, talking to him and him saying that he is really eager to find his own community in, you know, working on his art. And he's been really instrumental in helping other people build communities and find friends and find confidence, I think. Yeah, he's coming full circle there. And actually, yeah, it really resonated with me because what we do, Emer, like the writing, it's a very hermity kind of a life. We do. I mean, we work together, we write the books together, but when we write, we write individually. Um, And I think COVID hit everyone hard in the creative community. So it's really nice to see people you know, getting back together and forming those links and bonds. Getting back together, is, yeah, definitely is. And it's it's lovely to hear from Dave about how a place like um, Fatima Groups United can help bring communities together. So really lovely to talk to him. And that's it from this episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of OMG, What a Complete Education. We hope you've learned something new today. And don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to learn more, head on over to etbi.ie to find a path into further education and training or to find details on your local ETB to discover the wide variety of lifelong learning options available right on your doorstep.